Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. They'll submit a question if you'd like me to answer it. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. Although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking some coffee, we will also occasionally be doing some interviews, some random other messages along the way, so be sure to check back often. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code podcast20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store only for our podcast listeners. So podcast20, use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now let's get to the episode. All right, so we're going to hit uh, Galatians 4 real quick. Uh, just to catch you guys up in case you missed any of it, this is uh, Paul's writings. He wrote letters uh, to all these churches, as I mentioned last time, uh, to Ephesia, to Galatia, to all these um, these churches around that have been spread out, uh, preaching the good news about Jesus Christ along the way. So he wrote these letters because, particularly in Galatia, the Galatians had kind of been uh, influenced a little bit of trying to revert back to uh, abiding by the, the the Jewish laws at the time, so the scriptures, the Old Testament, the Torah, uh, all those things of having to earn your way to heaven, so to speak, or abide by the law in order to be saved. So he's writing them, trying to let them know that Jesus is the way, and not to forget that uh, Jesus came here to save us, and Jesus sacrificed himself for our sins, and Jesus is the way to heaven. All right? So that is why we are doing that. So that's that's the that's the uh, the whole book of Galatians is about that. So we've gone through one through three now, and we're going to tackle four. It's pretty short, uh, but it's an interesting chapter where it's talking about kind of some parallels with Abraham and kind of how you're don't be a slave to the scriptures or don't be a slave to the old laws, the Levitical laws, the Mosaic laws. There is a new way to live. There's new freedom found. In Christ, so it's interesting. All right, so let's hit uh, Galatians five real quick or four real quick. Sip of coffee. This is just HEB coffee. I'm, I'm just a simple man drinking simple coffee, but it's delicious. All right, let's hit Galatians four. Uh, think of it this way: If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father said. And that's the way it was before Christ came. We were like children. We were like slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. So there he's using that correlation between kind of being a slave. And slaves were interesting, uh, were different than what we had as slaves, right? Slaves back in the biblical times were more of uh, almost indentured servitudes. They were working off debts with these people. So it was it was a work kind of based slavery system that they had across the world. So what he's saying is uh, we were all like that. We were all like slaves. We were all like children. We were all there to obey something, right? So in order, in the difference is you don't have to obey the law anymore. You don't have to wait and to get your salvation by obeying the laws as children and growing up to your parents or being slaves and being freed. It's, it's the fact that, you know, now Christ has come, that there's a new way, okay? Verse 4, 
But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. So he's insistent that Mary was still a Jewish at the time. He's putting things in context. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that we could adopt us as his own children. And because we are his children, God had sent the spirit of son of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Now we are no longer a slave, but child's own or God's own child. And since you are his child, God has left or made you his heir. All right, so what he's saying is no longer that you have to work off, uh, you know, these, these and obey by these laws, right? Now you are a child of God, and you have the Spirit in you. You have God in you. You have Jesus in you. Um, so that's, he's just reemphasizing this over and over and over and over again about the, the difference between the Jewish people of the time going through the uh, old laws to try to earn their way to heaven versus Christ coming and, and, and saving us from our own sin. And his grace is the way to heaven. All right, Paul, Paul's concern uh, to the Galatians. Let's have a sip of coffee and we'll hit verse 8. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that didn't even know, that didn't even exist. So now you know that God, or should I say now that God knows you, I love that line, why do you want to go back and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of the world? You are trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I become like you Gentiles, free from the law. So he's really emphasizing that child obeying their parents, slave obeying their master, so to speak. But now we are all free. The second that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are free from all these things. You're free from the laws, as he says in verse 12. That's why we have a, like a new movement nowadays where we have these Torah observers and people think that we need to go back and abide by the first you know, few chapters of the Bible that Moses wrote. That we that we have to abide by the Torah like we're you know two thousand years ago living before Christ was here and Paul is emphatically direct that that is not the case anymore it wasn't the case then and it's not the case now all right where are we verse twelve still half a twelve okay yeah you did not mistreat me when I first preached to you surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you to the good news but even though my condition tempted you to reject me you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me as though I was an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I'm sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given them to me if it had been possible. Have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Now he's going back to the, the years when they embraced Paul. They set up the church. They started you know, preaching the good news. And somehow they're reverting back, and he doesn't understand why that's the case. Verse 17, and this is the case. Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. They're trying to shut you off from me so that you'll pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all the time, not just when I'm with you. So the false teacher mentality, they, it's obvious these people are being led astray by people that are preaching or talking um, not of Jesus, okay? And you could say, you could equate that to our lives right now, right? I mean, how, 
you could, how many false teachers are out there? Not just the people talking about Christianity or other religions, but people in general just talking about things, what will make us happy, what will fulfill our lives, what will bring us joy in our life. It's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. It's in our entertainment. It's in our news. It's what we read. It's what we see. It's in our music. The false prophets, the devil has embedded false prophets, so to speak, everywhere. And it's not even necessarily false prophets. It's false teachers, as he says. Okay, there's a difference between prophets and teachers. So the false prophets that the Bible refers to are the ones that are predicting things to come. False teachers are the ones that are actually teaching the wrong message and teaching us that there's a better way to happiness that's not Jesus. And I don't care whether it's a, a pastor, a preacher, another Christian, a different religion, or an agnostic or an atheist. They're all false teachers in a sense of if they're preaching that there's a way, or if they're telling you that there's another way to heaven, or there's another way to happiness, or there's another way to live that's not of Christ, that is a false teacher in my mind. Okay? Let's hit verse 19. Oh, my dear children, I feel like I'm going through labor pains with you again, and they continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. I wish I was, I was uh, with you right now so I could change my tone, but at this distance, I don't know how else to help you. All right, this is the last part. Which we're equating the Abraham's two children, which is a very interesting part of it. So verse 21. Tell me, you want to live under the law? Do you, actually, do you know what the law actually says? Okay, verse 22. This is important. The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. That, that sums up everything. So if you remember back uh, with Abraham, he had two sons. Uh, he was waiting for Sarah, his wife. He'd been promised to have a baby. She was 90 years old, or coming up to that by the time she had a baby. But before that, he kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting. God's like, just, it'll be fine. You'll have a child. you fulfill birth of a nation, the whole nine years. And he couldn't wait. So he tried to build something and go ahead and make it happen, right? He had a child with uh, one of his servants, right? And then that person was supposed to fulfill his law and get him favor with God, he tried to force it in that way and earn his way to God. Instead of waiting on God and being thankful for the gift that God gave him, which ultimately was Isaac through his wife, Sarah. Okay? So that's a, that's a perfect example of the, the two covenants, the two testaments in the Bible, for so to speak. Verse 24. These two women serve an illustration of God's two covenants. I just said that. <laughs> the first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai, where people received the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem is like Mount Sinai in Arabia because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman and she is our mother. As Isaiah said, Rejoice, O childless woman, you have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, you have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. And yes, this is verse 28. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want you to keep the law, just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance of the free woman's son. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman. We are children of 
the free woman. It's the illustration, the fact that it's either God, you're waiting and waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise, right? Or you're trying to earn God's love. That's the difference. In the Old Testament, you had to abide by the laws. You had to do things that were right. You had to do everything that needed to be done in order to kind of earn your favor with God. And you try to force it and do it yourself, if that makes sense. Like you're trying to do the work yourself, just like he had Ishmael himself. He went and had a child out of wedlock to try to force that uh, end game, right? Instead of waiting for God to provide God provided Sarah and Abraham with their son. God provided and did what he said he was going to do, just like God provided, the Father provided Jesus. He came down and saved us. If we would just be patient, and we would just abide by that, if we would just realize that, uh, there's not a whole lot of difference between Galatians 4 and what's going on right now. Now, right now, I think there's not as much uh, not as many Christians that are trying to live by the Old Testament laws, right? But there's still a huge population. And if you can wrap it all together, you can say there's a huge population in this world that has not accepted Christ as their Savior, that has not, um, that has not accepted the New Covenant, right? The New Testament, right? They're still living either in the Old Testament times, in their Old Testament laws, or not at all, right? So that is what he's talking about. It's interesting. I mean, it's, <clears throat> I would say the book of Galatians, I mean, he just over and over and over again is trying to get these people at the church of Galatia, or Galatia to see that Christ was the way. Like they believed it once and they've fallen off. You know, we just have to be re- reminded constantly. And I think that we still have to be reminded constantly. I mean, think about it. My whole platform here is called Living Christian. I do that because I want us to live in a Christian mentality seven days a week. We have to be reminded over and over again. There's a reason why we actually go to church. There's a reason why we need to read our Bible and do our plans all the time. There's a reason why we need to be reminded all the time about Jesus. And it's because everything around us all day long, all day every day, is trying to pull us away from Jesus and tell us that Jesus is not the way. Jesus is not our Savior. That, hey, you can make yourself happy. You can do it on your own. You can do this. You can do that. But you can't. Not without Jesus. Not the ultimate goals, right? So if you're living for the world, and if you're living for your, yourself, and you're living for the day-to-day, and you're listening to people out there, and you're listening to TV and the commercials telling you this is what you need to be happy, I'm, I'm, you're getting distracted. And that is the devil's work. The devil loves to distract us. As I mentioned before, if he can't defeat us, he'll distract us. So be careful. Be cautious out there. Don't be distracted. Mm. Thank you for everybody who have bought the badge so far. Hey, make sure you hit the question thing on the bottom of your screen. I'm going to answer some questions here real quick. Uh, We'll continue with Galatians uh, 5 on Friday, on Friday morning. So uh, I usually archive these on Instagram, but certainly on the podcast and on YouTube. You can catch them all up. It takes me a couple of hours to get them ready in the morning. Uh, after this call. So sometime today on Monday, those get released every Monday and Friday. And if you haven't listened to the podcast, I think we've got 22 episodes so far. Uh, And they're not all series like that. They bounce around a little bit. So there's lots of good stuff in there that you can listen to. Uh, That is this uh, kind of format where we uh, read the Bible, answer some questions and and pray a little bit. So let's, uh, let's uh, answer some questions as best I can. And then we'll go down the road. 
All right. Uh, how can we spread the gospel? Jeremy, you know what? There's so many ways to spread the gospel. All right. It's not all necessarily all about being articulate in biblical verses and going out there and standing on a street corner talking about the, the Bible and the good news. You can do that, and more power to you, and I hope you can. But if you can't, you have to start with yourself. And people, sometimes we are the only uh, exposure to Jesus that people have in their lives. So probably the most important thing that I try to do all the time is live in a way that people can see Jesus through me, right? I want them to see that I'm wearing a version t-shirt today, and they go, hey, what's version?" Well, it's interesting that you asked. Let me tell you about it. It's the online, there's the Bible app. You can download it on your phone. Read the Bible anytime. There's great, <clears throat> there's great plans on there, and there's devotionals, all sorts of good stuff. So it allows me to kind of talk to people about that. So I live through some of the apparel that I wear that I sell on our website, right? But I also, it's also about living in a way that they understand that there's something different about us. Us as Christians is are a little bit different. And I want people to see us. They go, you know, I don't know what's going on with him, but, uh, you know, he seems happy and he seems fulfilled in his life. What's going on? I may ask him about that. Well, let me tell you about why I'm content and fulfilled and, and joyful every day. Because I got Christ in my heart. So there's lots of ways to do it. Start with yourself. Try to act a certain way and try to be a different, be born again in Christ and not to be of this world. Uh, be of uh, Be of that. So that's the first and foremost is how you, how you act. Then you can kind of get more comfortable with tell, talking the story and, and answering questions or what have you. You're not going to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. You know, I, I, I read the Bible every day. I do this. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I do the best I can. <laughs> so I'm learning every day just like you guys are. So go out and go out and do it. All right, let's see what other questions we have. Uh, do you believe we should still abide by eating of clean and unclean animals? No, I, I don't. I think that is the... Uh, epitome of what we just read in Galatians 4 and all throughout the book of Galatians is the fact that we're not bound by those old Levitical laws, Mosaic laws, the Old Testament scripture laws anymore. Now, saying that, you go back to the Ten Commandments. Are we bound by the Ten Commandments in order to get to heaven? No. Do we abide by the Ten Commandments because that's what Jesus wants us to do? Yes. Okay, but there's a difference between the Mosaic laws, the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses that we need to abide by. We need to make sure we don't murder people, okay? Versus the Levitical laws, which were culture at the time, and they were trying to be clean and a clean person in order to go to heaven. So, no, I, I trim my beard. I, I, I wear mixed fabrics. I, I can eat, you know, shellfish. I can, you know, I can do all those things. Uh, and that is why, uh, it's because of Jesus, all right? I'm not bound by those laws anymore. So that is the total lesson here of, of Galatians. So make sure that uh, you pay attention to that. All right, let's see what other questions that we have. Um, all right, so I have trouble with sexual immorality. What are some tips to overcome? Uh, regardless of what kind of sexual immorality that you maybe are having struggles with, it's one thing to feel a certain way, right? It's not a sin to feel something. It's a sin to act on something. What I mean by that is this. Let's say you have impure thoughts, um, and, and, and you act, you want to act on those. When acting is the sin. Now, saying that, saying that, okay, it's not 100% true all the time. What I mean by that is this, okay? Jesus made the comment that, in his own words, that if you even look at a woman with lustful thoughts, you've already occurred, uh, committed adultery, so the act in that nature was the lustful thought that you're doing for that woman. So it's a tricky situation. 
Um, so my advice or my way I kind of deal with those things uh, with sexual immorality is don't act on anything that you can. Go to Christ. Go to Jesus. Go to God in prayer. He can provide the strength to get through and to get past any impure thoughts or sexual immorality thoughts that you may have in your life, right? Now, there are some practical ways you can do that. If you have a problem with pornography, you can get some apps on your phone to block that pornography. There's some things out there, some support out there that you may want to do, depending on what you're talking about, what you're referencing in terms of some sexual immorality. But the reality is only Christ can put that armor of God on you to help protect you from the world trying to infiltrate you and mess with your mind and mess with your thoughts. All right. So if you have impure thoughts and you're trying to struggle with that stuff and you're struggling with sexual morality, go to Christ, go to God, talk to him, ask him what to do, rely on him to get you through these things. And frankly, focus on Jesus. The more you focus on your faith, the less likely the the world is going to be able to penetrate your thoughts. Now, saying that, the second you commit your life to Christ, all sorts of stuff is going to be thrown at you. The devil lo- hates it. He hates the fact that you're committed to Jesus. So he gets all <laughs> all in your business and tries to mess with you. So be prepared for that. But you can get through that with Jesus. All right, one more question, and we'll get on out of here. Uh, all right, uh, is it a sin? This is an important one, I think. Is it a sin to listen to secular songs? I'm listening to it, and how can I refrain from listening? It depends on what you're listening to. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a sin to listen to secular songs. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you have to listen to only Christian or worship music, okay? Uh, it doesn't reference that at all. And, uh, it doesn't say that you can't watch Netflix, you only have to watch Pureflix, all right? Or whatever that may be. Uh, so those two things. Uh, you can uh, do those things as Christians. You're saved. However, the big however there is be mindful of what you put in your brain, Okay. So in my mind, it's not necessarily a sin to turn on Netflix, okay? But be careful. What, what, and there's plenty of Bible verses in there talking about what's in your eyes goes into your soul. And what, you, you got to be, you know, be careful of your heart of what your desires are. So you have to be cautious about what you watch. There are times that I do listen to secular music, I admit. Do I listen to violent stuff or things that are glorifying sin or things that are objectifying women? No, I don't. Try not to, but a good country song makes me happy, <laughs> so that's fine. Do I watch secular television and Netflix? Yes, I do. Uh, do I like to go watch hardcore violent movies or hardcore horror movies? And no, I don't. Right? I, I get bothered by them. There's this new TV show on Netflix about Jeffrey Dahmer, and there's no way I'm going to watch that. There's no way I'm going to watch that glorifying, just disgusting, sinful, horrible nature, I think I would be uncomfortable watching that. So be careful what you watch. Be mindful about what you watch, because the devil does use those things in order to get to you. Okay, So there are plenty of things out there to watch, but the devil will get will use what you're watching and listening to in order to kind of trick your mind a little bit. But just be careful with it. Okay, that's that's how I that's how I look at it, and you make your own decisions. If you feel like you can't handle that, you feel like the devil is kind of working through the music you're listening to, then turn it off. <laughs> you know, slap some you know mercy me on there and be happy, uh, and listen to some good Christian music. I have a playlist on Spotify that I listen to constantly that I built, loving Christian playlist I listen to all the time. I got hundreds of songs on there, and that makes me happy. It, it brings me joy. 
So be mindful of that stuff. And if you feel like, uh, if you know and you feel like the devil's using those entertainment things to, to twist your mind or pull you away from Jesus, then turn them off. Turn them off. It's not worth it. In my mind, it's not worth it. All right, let's uh, let's say a prayer real quick, and we'll get out of here on our Monday, and we'll get back going on Friday on Galatians 5, all right? So dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. We love you so much. We're struggling, though, Lord. We're struggling with wars going on in the world, famine, tragedies, sexual immorality, entertainment and music and music. They're trying to pull us away from you. The devil is working hard in our lives, Lord, and we need you to get through them. We need you to stay focused. We cannot do this on our own. I know that you gave us free will, but our free will fails us sometimes. We need help guiding us in that free will at times, please, Lord. Holy Spirit, be with us and guide us through this life to help us make the right decisions because we struggle with that. We struggle with watching one show over another show or turning music on or, or getting distracted by this world in general with those things and not spending enough time in the Bible and not spending enough time praying, not spending enough time with our families. We struggle with that, Lord. Help us find that balance or find that direction of what you want us to do. We're asking you, and we know that you know the answer. We know that you already know what's going on. We know that you're going to provide us the right way if we just pay attention. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a wonderful week. Uh, go out there, read your Bible, pray, listen to some good music, and uh, be kind to somebody today. Until next time, keep Jesus in heart and forever on your mind. Thank you.